Dixon. Who uh, comes back at him. It's a wonderful run from Gang! Sensational goal from Ryan Gang! Gary Pallister calling for it. James can only fist it. It comes for Cantona! I don't believe it! Well left by York, fed by Cole. Back to Andy Cole from Dwight York. Fantastic goal for Manchester United. Can Manchester United score? They always score. Gets with a shot, Sheringham! Name on the trophy, Beckham. Into Sheringham, and Solskjaer has won it! Ready! You're listening to Red Devil Talk, the podcast, episode number two, where I'm joined by A.D. Packham of Albion Roar to preview the weekend's game between Brighton and United. A.D., how are things? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, the sun's shining, uh, a bit blowy, but um, we're looking forward to the weekend. Brilliant. Let's get straight into it. What did you make of Brighton at the weekend? Obviously, they didn't have the best of starts against Watford. Where do you think Brighton need to improve? We were very disappointed. It wasn't a great performance of the weekend. Um... It had very much the air of pre-season about it still. Uh, Most people are actually still thinking, crisis, the season started already. Well, Cup's only just finished, but um, fair to what, they were quicker off the mark, they were stronger, they were quicker, and they looked hungrier for it on the day. Chris Eaton was quite rightly down on the players after the game, and it really wasn't actually that much of an acceptable performance from our point of view. And especially with the run we've got coming up, firstly against um, United on Sunday, and then we're away at Liverpool. Uh, we've got Fulham at home, and then we're away at Man City. So there's a possibility for a very, very bad start for us. What do you hope to see on Sunday in terms of an improvement? Well, I think we're going to see um, a, a change in the in the team. Uh, Chris Hutton basically said to us, but the team that started last week, apart from uh, Bernardo, was largely the team that finished last season. And he's probably said to him, look, go out and uh, give keep your share. And one or two players did that. One or two certainly didn't. Um, and uh, we'll, we, you know, the new players, we hope will uh, be given an opportunity at the weekend. Going into last season, playing teams against Man United, there was certainly an element of fear going into into those games in terms of um, from the players. Um, but having beaten Arsenal at home, beaten um, United at home. Um, and even when we went to Old Trafford last year, we played really, really well, uh, twice actually. And probably in the league game, we certainly should have got something out of the game. Um, that element of fear is gone. And hopefully, uh, and our home form last season was uh, one of the better records in the division. So we're, we're, we're hopeful. Um, it's Man United, they're a bit of a, a weird club at the moment we don't quite know what's going on there behind the scenes and uh, I mean they, they haven't got the name uh, Moni Mourinho's Reds for nothing You touched on the games between the two clubs last season and obviously United won 2 nil in the FA Cup but it has to be said that United were very poor and as you said Brighton deservedly beat them in May the score could have been worse but for De Gea at Old Trafford you're only beaten by an own goal so how much heart would Brighton take from those yeah, games? Yeah how fluky was that Day, we, we would have come away with all three points in that game. Like, poor old Lewis Dunk scored five home goals last year. Five, four home goals last year. Um, and purely by trying to get his body in the way. So, with any luck, uh, he'll end up on the uh, positive goals this season. Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> well, from your perspective, you matched United for 90 minutes. So, how much heart will you take from those games going into Sunday? 
Yeah, loads. Absolutely loads. I mean, like I said, the game at Old Trafford, we were disappointed coming away with nothing. I mean, the problem with Old Trafford, there's a lot of football tourism. I've never seen so many half-and-half salesmen in my life. Uh, I was speaking to um, one of the radio uh, guys up when we were up there, and he was saying that the half-and-half scarf sales, they have to take stock images every game, and they can't do it because of the amount of half-and-half stock, which is the football tourism. Um, But we went up there... And we were, you know, it was the first time we'd been up there in the league since 1983. Um, and, you know, I, I think a few people were going just to tip the ground off. Um, but, you know, we more than matched United that day. We were decent. We played very well through the phases. And we should have got something out of the game. In terms of the transfer window, were you happy with Brighton's summer business? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, we've broken our transfer record a couple of times already. Um, bring in uh, Ali Reza, Jahan Bash was a massive coup. He was a top player in uh, in the era of the busy last year with the most assists and most goals. Um, Dutch players coming over to England do tend to uh, take time to sell and not many of them actually are massive successes, it'd be fair to say. I mean, but that, we're hopeful that this is one. Uh, Yves Basuma is been described as the Paul Pogba that doesn't play for Man United, as in he's quite good. Um, <laughs> well, he's not playing for Man United. It is. Um, Not yet, anyway. So, we're, we're, I think out of all the players that we've actually brought in, I think that he is going to be the standout player and the most sought-after player come uh, January and the end of the season. He, he, he made a cameo at Watford on Saturday and he came in and just immediately changed the game and brought more energy to the team. And uh, we're definitely very, very infused about that. And obviously, you had three pairs in the World Cup this summer. Actually, we only knew about three of them. Technically, only two. Well, well Liam Balogun joined uh, one of our first signings of the summer, uh, who played the Nigeria in the World Cup, but we didn't know an awful lot about him. Um, Matty Ryan played for Australia. Didn't really have a, uh, an opportunity to really show what he could do because, um, well, he's played for Australia. Um, and then we have El Pig, uh, our fave, um, Jose Esquerdo. Um, he only actually played one game for Colombia. So, uh, but. Uh, Jose is going to be out for a couple of weeks as well. He's not quite um, up to speed coming back from the World Cup yet, but you know, we're not, unlike Mourinho, we're not going to whinge about that. <laughs> we move on to that one in a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you guys make of all the constant moaning? I think from the outside looking in, clearly there is a problem between board and Mourinho. I think he feels badly let down by the board. He gave them a list of signings. And from his press conference in the summer, it's clear that he's not happy. Yeah, but I mean, on, on the other side of the coin is you've got Manchester United are, are, are a massive, massive club, arguably the biggest club in, in the world. Players should be lining up to want to sign to Manchester United, and there's one reason they're not. And that, for me, is that you've got to look at the manager. Um, there was a, a pretty much a, a player revolt at Chelsea, which isn't unusual. We saw that again last season. Um I don't think the players want to play for Mourinho anymore. He, he's certainly not that special. He's not the special one anymore. In fact, you know, it'd be lucky if he got a box of special K, if you ask me. But it's, uh, yeah, he's, he, he's lost his magic. And I don't think he'll be there come Christmas. Well, as you said, historically, if United want a player to sign the player, it's beginning to look a bit like his implosion at Chelsea all over again. It is. Under Alex Ferguson, whether you liked him or not, people wanted to come and play for him. He, he had something, players 
respected him. They wanted to go there. Manchester United go into the transfer market and they want to sign a player. Manchester United should be signing that player because because of their stats here in the game. Um, that's gone. It's completely gone since Ferguson left. Um, Moyes was a bit of a joke. Van Gaal was a joke. Mourinho is becoming a joke. From a Brighton perspective, what's the expectation of the fans for the campaign? Well, look, we know where we're at. Um, we're Brighton Hove Albion. We haven't been in the top flight since 1983 prior to last season. Um, it was great that all three promoted clubs stayed up last season. I can't see that happening again this season. I think... Fulham and uh, Wolves should touch would be okay, which basically, uh, but the Premier League lost three of its perennial strugglers in West Brom and Stoke and Swansea. That means uh, there's three places open uh, for discussion to go down. A few of the pundits uh, around the papers and on various other podcasts and outlets, they're, they're saying that we could be one of the teams. As far as we're concerned, any, anything above that dotted line will be deemed as a, a success. And, but we've got to, ideally, we want to build on what, where we were last year. Ideally, we'd like to finish higher than the 15th place that we did last year. You know, Chris Hewton is an absolutely fabulous manager and a, a very, very underrated manager. Uh, a very calm man, a guy who's got the respect of his players. Um, he will be disappointed after that performance last week. The players will know how disappointed he was about that performance last week. And we know, going into this season, the, the run of fixtures we got at the start of the season and the run of fixtures we got at the end of the season, we need to get as many points on the board as, we, as soon as we can and give ourselves a little bit of, of, a, of a cushion going into, into the season because it's a long, tough season for clubs like us. We've got no illusion to grandeur. Just because we survive doesn't necessarily mean we're going to survive this year. And we need to go out there and we need to start all over again. Obviously, last season, survival was the main objective. You did that with a few games to spare. How much credit do you think Chris Hilton deserves? Immense credit. I mean, the guy, the guy is a, he's one of the most underrated managers in the country and uh, we were surprised that when some of the top jobs uh, or some of the jobs came up from the uh, grabs last year like with like the Everton job for instance um, we were surprised that he wasn't mentioned in the in dispatches in regards to that he gets the club he understands the club he understands the town he understands what it's all about he, he came in uh, after after the, the Sammy Hoopier disaster um, I mean, to be fair, that was a one-off season where we could have actually got relegated to League One that, she, that year under Hoopier after being in the playoffs two years previous to that. Uh, and then Hewton took, got that team. He's moulded it and turned it into uh, a team that A, was hard to beat. And then he added the flair elements to it and uh, added some goals to it. Obviously, the Championship is, is, a, is a very tough league. Arguably the best league in Europe, actually, in terms of its competitiveness because everyone beats everyone else. But, uh, you know, we that disappointment at Middlesbrough, he had, he had to manage that. Um, we went up there and, and uh, should have actually uh, got automatic promotion and, and just a dodgy refer referee decision from uh, everyone's favourite referee. I'm sure we can all guess who that is. <laughs> Can't arguably cost us that game, but he, he, he rallied the troops and we, went up and, we did, and we should have won the league when we did go up. But he deserves it. So much credit for what he's done at Brighton. He, he's 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 well loved, and uh, so you know what? If the worst did happen and we did go down, he'd still be in charge. Moving on to the game itself, where do you think the key battles will be, and how do you see it panning out? It's very difficult to say. We don't. No one seems to know what side um, Mourinho is going to put out. He seems to be in outright revolt by not picking the players that play in the World Cup. We just don't. You can never second judge him. So basically, Chris Hughes got his work cut out trying to work out what what team 
we're going to be up against. There may be changes to our team. There may be a change to formation even, judging by the, the players that we brought in throughout the summer. I very much suspect it will be very similar to the team that, that started last week. Uh, and they will do better at home. Um, we put pressure on. We put pressure on United. Um, but we we know that quality pays. We know we've got the uh, the onus on of that win, which was actually our last last home game of the season last year, which is the win against United. Um, you know, we still got that in our locker, and uh, I think that if we can keep your strikers quiet, then we've got every chance of going going on and winning the game. Assuming Brighton line out the same. How important do you think Bruno and Knockhart will be in terms of keeping United quiet? Bruno's injured. We've just signed a, new, a replacement, a long-term replacement probably for him in the, in the shape of a Champions League winner in Martin Montoya who played 77 games for Barcelona, uh, went out alone to uh, Inter and was picked up from uh, Valencia. He's the, the heir apparent to Bruno who's just a, a wonderful, wonderful footballer and a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, and that beard is magnificent. It's a bit of bees, even. A bit of bees. Knockout, after his performance at the weekend, may not even make the starting eleven. Uh, although, after his performance against United in, in that game uh, at the end of last season, he probably will. But uh, I suspect we will see Jahan Bash playing. I suspect we'll see Basuma playing. Um, it's just a case of who, whose places they take. I'm interested to ask, as an outsider, what do you make of Jose Mourinho's mood in the press lately, given that he said the other day he ought to be called a head coach rather than a manager. What's your view on that one? Was anyone listening? Does anyone listen to Mourinho anymore? It's just a constant noise. Just shut up and get on with what he's good at. Because at the end of the day, people have actually forgotten what he's good at. All he does is moan. Pipe down. He, he's the manager of one of the biggest clubs in the world. If he's not getting what he wants, fine. He knows where the door is. Go. Simple as that. I'm sick of him. Are you? I think he's on borrowed time, to be honest. You know, he's won everything. But, you know... I don't think he's got that hunger anymore. And basically, I think his battles are, are with himself, arguably. And I think I don't I don't know why he feels that this compulsion to constantly moan about absolutely everything. Like at the end of the day, we know that if, if like I said earlier, if the transfer of the thing is what happens. I just think that he he just needs to just like um, get back to, get get back to basics. Get back, get back to it. You look, you look and see what's happening across the city. Players go to, to uh, Manchester City, they become better players. Players come to Manchester United, they, they become worse players. All he does is get everyone's backs up. As a, if I was a Man United fan, I would be absolutely livid about that, and I would be looking across and seeing what they're doing and thinking, well, "What's he doing wrong here? Where's the coaching?" Because no one there. Like, you could see, you could see exactly, exactly the same thing was happening at Arsenal as well under Wenger. Um, there was no coaching. The players were going there and becoming worse players and instead of becoming players they should be. It's exactly what's happening at United. You tell me that Paul Pogba, you know, he hundred million pounds for, for that player. One of the best players and exciting players in Europe. Now he's gone backwards under Mourinho. It, it's, uh, it must be so frustrating being a United fan. You can only assume the constant criticising in the press about Pogba, Shaw and Martial is to provoke some sort of reaction, but not every player works that way. Ferguson always knew when to put the arm around the shoulder, when to criticise, but it seems like Mourinho has one way in. It's frustrating. I'll ask you one more question, just a score prediction. Uh, 2-2. I'll, I'll take that. With, 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 I think going into the game, I would take, we would take a draw. Um, after the performance last week, we need to improve. I think we're good at home. The atmosphere of the Amex will be electric. 
people will be uh, will get behind the team. We need a quick start, I think. I expect Brighton will be organised at the back. I think the longer United don't score, the more confidence they will gain from that. But I'm going to go 3-1. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Just hoping that we'll, uh, we'll get something out of the game because it's, it's a tough run we've got coming up. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. But uh, uh, we'll take a draw. But we would be obviously be delighted with a win. Brilliant. That's great. All right, cheers, mate. Mind yourself. Thanks. Calling for it. James can only fist it. It comes for Cantona! I don't believe it! Well left by York, fed by Cole. Back to Andy Cole from Dwight York. Fantastic goal for Manchester United. Can Manchester United score? They all 